episode two of Siza and the Stash, a podcast brought to you by the Nebraska Rural Radio Network. I'm Parker Siza alongside Austin, the Stash Pistolka. You can follow us on our social medias. I'm at Parker Siza. He's at Radio Guy Austin. Austin, how's it going, man? Going great. Feeling good. Uh, ready to talk all kinds of topics with you today, Parker. How was your weekend? Uh, weekend was, it- was phenomenal, man. Really, really good. Got to spend some time at the Husker softball game. Nice. Lit bench pressed 405. Things are good. A lot accomplished in this weekend. <laughs> it, was, it was the first weekend it felt like where it was nice. You know, mm-hmm. nice enough to be out outside constantly i go anytime i could golf two times in a weekend it's successful for me so that's what i did saturday and sunday and uh yeah you enjoyed some softball we'll we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second and uh some more things here Uh, we'll start with our husker roundup uh today austin let's uh let's get into some husker stuff over the last week uh, nebraska baseball they continue to struggle. They took on Maryland, uh, who was the 23rd ranked team in the country over the weekend. Lost on Friday, eight to four. That Friday game is really when you like to, that's usually when teams put out their number one pitchers. It's usually when you want to put a stamp on the series and on the game and they lose that one right away, eight to four. Saturday, they played really well. Uh, caught a little bit of that, 12 to 10. Uh, Max Anderson uh, had a home run in that one, then vaulted up to eighth all time in the home run list in, in Nebraska baseball history. So so things look good. It looked like uh, you you win Saturday's game. You could turn around, win Sunday. Then you win a season series over a team in the top twenty-five and in the, in the top team in the Big Ten. Nope, twenty to five loss uh, for the Oscar baseball team on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it was ugly. They even had leads in all three of their games, uh, including obviously the two losses Friday and Saturday or Friday and Sunday. Uh, led two to nothing, and then just. 20 to 5 exactly like that. Tough for Nebraska baseball. It, again, it's it, it's all about like they're a great offensive team for them it's all about doing it at the right time. Many many times they'll get runner on first, runner on second. Uh opportunity for you to get one into the outfield. Get a couple runs home. Nope, strikeout. You know, and, and th- that's uh that's what Nebraska baseball is going to have to figure out. And they're going to have to continue with some better pitching going forward, or it could be a short season uh, for them. But they also have the talent and the ability, uh, and they've shown it, beating Vanderbilt, beating Maryland once uh, this weekend, that they could go really far. It's just, uh, and it's it's tough here in May for Husker baseball. This team's wildly inconsistent, which very. is very, very tough to watch. I mean, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. And there really is no in-between for this team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Will Bolt, I think he kind of knows uh, knows that this team is missing a couple of pieces. I, I don't. You could say it's hitting. You could say it's pitching. I mean, pitching is uh, it, it's it's a pretty tough thing in college baseball to have a good pitching staff. Uh, but you know, hopefully he figures it out because this is a really good baseball coach that came here from was Texas A and M or something like that. And uh, you know, he's he's got to he's got to start putting a good track record behind him or he could be shown the door here pretty soon too that, sure. that's what i do worry about but uh i, I think i'm not, not saying will bolts in any uh job security situation right now it, it's in jeopardy but uh he's got to start turning out some results here sooner rather than later you know college baseball has a very interesting problem and it's that if you have a bunch of seniors on your team it means they weren't good enough to get drafted (laughs) you know what i mean like because every every kid who's in college baseball while he his his end goal is to make it to the majors and with the fact that they can be drafted at you know at any point even in high school it's an interesting problem for college baseball teams to face and not that the huskers are necessarily facing anything Mm -hmm. like that but uh, you know it's just it's a different thought process when it comes to college baseball because it's not like we can say, man, if we pick up a couple guys out of high school, we can train them up, and by the time they're a senior, they're a star ball player. If they show any potential, they're going to the draft. Yep. It's, tough. it's a tough situation for Will Bolt to be in. And, and you, you kind of mentioned it, too. That there are a few seniors on this team, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you don't necessarily – or it kind of shows you that uh, maybe they came here – as freshmen and sophomores improved since then, obviously, if they're playing and, and doing well as uh, as seniors. But you want some of those younger players. You want the younger players that play really well, and then maybe they're not here by the time they're seniors. And that's a good thing, uh, yeah. supposedly. So, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully it could turn around for Nebraska baseball. They do have Penn State uh, this weekend for the final Big Ten home series of the year in Haymarket Park. And they've got Creighton also on Tuesday. They're going to pick up a game against Creighton that, uh, obviously, from last 
last month that got postponed because of the weather, and uh, they had to uh, stop the game, I think, in the bottom of the seventh inning uh, with the game tied at four, and so they're going to pick up tomorrow, top of the seventh inning in Omaha this time, not in Lincoln, and uh, let's see, Nebraska's got bases loaded and no outs, so we'll see what they could do. That, that I think, is going to go at about five o'clock on Tuesday uh, of this week, it'll be Tuesday, May 9th, and then uh, they're going to play Creighton right after that for another game, so maybe you could pick up a win there in that finish finished up game, and then you pick up uh, a win regularly uh, against Creighton, and you know two wins there, and then you got the Big Ten home series. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, moving on to Husker softball, Austin, you were at the uh, Husker softball game on Saturday. That was the win for Nebraska, right? Senior day, I, I think, yep. too. Uh, there for the Husker softball team at Bowen Stadium. Tell me a little bit about it. I mean, Saturday's game was a, a ton of fun. The thing that I noticed most about this team is that when it comes to pitching, they don't have a ton of power. When it comes, they don't have like a power pitcher, someone who's got a lot of speed or has a lot of break. Their their pitchers are good. Don't get me wrong, they're good, but they aren't blowing anybody away uh, anytime soon. And you see that through the stat lines. Yeah. You see that they tr- they switch pitchers every game. And when you look at the best softball teams in the nation, they've got a dominant pitcher that they go to. And then someone when they're having an off day kind of, kind of situation. Uh, the thing that really impressed me a lot about this Husker softball team is that they made contact with the ball a ton. They put pressure on Ohio State, and that pressure is what caused a couple errors, which ended up winning them the game. And putting the ball in play is always a good thing, and when they are able to do that, they can churn out wins. They're one of the best. They might be the best offensive team in the Big Ten. At least I know their numbers were up there uh, in, Almost in everyone recently. is batting over 300. Almost everyone has like 50 hits on the yep. season. It really is an impressive group, and they can see the ball really well coming out of the, the opposing pitcher's hand. It's just that they they sometimes hit, them where, hit it right to yep. people. It, it's, it, if they can string some hits together, they can really rack up a good score. I know they were in the 330s as a team, and that was uh, up there at the Big Ten Conference. Yeah. So they, they did, but they lose the series against Ohio State mm-hmm. this weekend. You were lucky you got to go to the one uh, game that they won they there. got to start going to more softball games. <laughs> I, I, clearly it's me. It's you. Either that or it's Henry, my my son. You know, his, first so- his first Husker event was a softball W, alright? Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, he's, got a, he's got a good track record. Make yeah. sure he keeps it up. Right, Austin? you got to pick your right events. Absolutely. So, uh, so Henry can continue <laughs> Uh, keep, with the good the good win streak, streak. <laughs> yeah. So uh, obviously, uh, though Nebraska softball, they lost the Friday game and they lost the Sunday finale at home. Uh, next up for them, they are in the Big Ten tournament as a top four seed. Uh, they're going to have a bye too, and they're going to play the winner of Wisconsin, the five seed, and Illinois, the twelve seed, on Thursday from Champaign, Illinois. Uh, we'll be on the Big Ten network there, but uh, yes, Nebraska softball, the four seed in the Big Ten single elimination tournament that runs. Wednesday to Saturday of this week, May 10th through the 13th. Another Husker topic, I guess, over the last week, Austin wanted to especially talk about was the quarterbacks entering the transfer portal. That was a surprise to see a couple of them. I don't know if it was much of a surprise to see guys like Logan Smothers and Richard Torres. Logan Smothers, obviously a quarterback who's started, I think, for Nebraska at least once or twice before. He's definitely played a lot in the Scott Frost era and a little bit in the uh, Mickey Joseph season last year. And then Richard Torres, obviously no surprise. He he was a Scott Frost recruit, high highly rated recruit that never got to see the field. So he is uh, entering the portal. And then the big surprise was Casey Thompson going to the portal. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, Casey Thompson obviously was hurt a little bit last year, came back after Matt Rule said, you know, or after Matt Rule was named the head coach and, uh, every, you know, maybe thought, oh, is Casey going to leave? Is he going to stay? There was that whole limbo and then figure out, well, he is staying. He's staying through spring ball. And then immediately when spring ended, he is also transferring. So it sounds like he's going to the Florida Atlantic University Owls. And then uh, Richard Torres is going to Incarnate Word. These are all uh, reports. I don't think uh, any of them are official yet. Richard Torres, as of Monday when we're recording this, he has not picked a new school. So interesting, right? Three quarterbacks just like that out of Nebraska. Uh, Wondering if that's worrisome at all or how you look at that. You know, and it's not just three quarterbacks. It's three scholarship quarterbacks. Yes. And so we knew that Nebraska was going to have to drop Two that some... have played, too, by yeah, the way. Absolutely. Yeah. We knew that Nebraska was going to have to drop a couple scholarship guys, quite a few, uh, I think, to make that minimum. Mm-hmm. And 
their quarterback room was tight. So it doesn't surprise me that that we lost two, Logan Smothers and uh, Torres. However, the Casey Thompson one feels odd. And it feels odd because it really felt like he had a chance to to be the starter again. And it, and Jeff Sims could have easily just sat behind him one year. Or or we have a quarterback controversy. We have something to talk about in the fall. But now that Casey Thompson is is out and headed to uh, I guess possibly Florida Atlantic and mm-hmm. nothing nothing Official. Well, Florida yeah. Atlantic also is coached by Tom Herman, who used mm-hmm. to coach Texas, who recruited Casey Thompson to Texas when he played there, obviously, for three years. So there's a connection uh, with Florida Atlantic, Tom Herman, and Casey Thompson. So, And then that, that's been reported by a few different uh, media outlets on, this on that. Feels like, what this feels like is Casey Thompson seeing the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. seeing that... Jeff Sims is getting all these reps because Casey Thompson's been injured yep. this this spring, and so he hasn't gotten the chance to shine. He hasn't gotten the chance to try out the Matt Rule playbook, and so he's starting behind the eight ball. And so for him to head off to a coach that he knows and a coach that he knows really well, and then he had really he had a lot of success under. It doesn't surprise me that Casey Thompson is looking for that better situation to try and set himself up for a chance to be drafted because. Casey is a hell of a quarterback. We saw it. We saw flashes of it, of of him doing amazing things. I don't see why. I don't think it's a bad thing for Nebraska to lose Casey Thompson because Jeff Sims is supposed to be this dude, this guy. Yep. He's supposed to be this this major talent. And as long as we give Casey I think that as fans we should thank Casey for his time. Oh, yeah. He was he was an incredible member of the team and wish him the best as he heads to FAU because that there's there's no ill will towards Casey Thompson no. for leaving. He's not quitting nope. the Huskers because this isn't the team that he signed up to be with. Mm-hmm. This isn't the coaching staff he signed up to be with. He for sure, you know, was uh, pitched by I imagine I'm, I this is I'm theorizing how this went. I imagine this is how it goes in almost every scenario, but when he's announced he's transferred from Texas, I'm sure he got a pitch from Scott Frost, mm-hmm. the head coach, Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, uh the quarterback's coach <clears throat> who is uh Jeez, I shouldn't cough on a podcast. That's really, really bad for me. Uh, on the bright side, we can edit that out. That's, well, now we can't because we've, we called, can't, it. Cause we've <laughs> already called it out. We're not going to do that. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, so yeah, okay, so he's meeting with all these different people. He's getting pitched to come to Nebraska. When you have a total transformation, it has to has to be hard for some guys uh, to want to stick it or stick it out or stick around it. Yeah, I mean Casey Thompson, two thousand four hundred seven yards, sixty three percent completion percentage, seventeen touchdowns, ten interceptions, and uh, I mean all on a team that went three and nine. I mean that's mm-hmm. those are great numbers, and and he's going to go to Ford Atlantic or wherever he ends up going, and it will do really well. And I do agree with you that this was perhaps largely uh, to get more repetitions, things on film, because I think he wants to get drafted. I think he wants to go to the NFL, or if he wants to go to the USFL or XFL, whatever else is going to come up the pike. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for sure. This is a, a smart move on his part, and, yeah, Husker fans should be very, very happy with uh, with what he did here in the last year. So Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Now, let's uh, see, some of the quarterbacks that are still here, we obviously mentioned Jeff Sims. He's yeah. that Georgia Tech transfer who started 23 games uh, in about two seasons there. Uh, and then uh, three-time ACC Rookie of the Week uh, as well. So that's Jeff Sims, the new quarterback at Nebraska. You also have Heinrich Harburg, the sophomore from Kearney, who has been getting a lot of run in the press here lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like Matt Rule and company really like what Heinrich Harburg can do. And, uh, you know, the academic All-Big Ten player, Brooke Beringer, Citizen Ship team award member. Uh, he's also just very quick. He was a 4 by 100 meter relay champion back in high school. Coach Rolf says he's one of the best athletes on the team and kind of reminds you a little bit of maybe what they what they did, not what they did, but what Texas A&M did with uh, Taysom Hill, you know, mm-hmm. kind of making him into, or what the New Orleans Saints are currently doing with Taysom Hill, trying to make him into something like that, a hybrid runner, wide receiver, quarterback type thing. Maybe they end up doing that with Harburg. We will see. I've got a rough take on this, okay? It's not that I don't think Harburg is a good quarterback. We don't know anything about him. With period, he's he's sure. a sophomore. He's not seen the field. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. 
What I am going to say is that Matt Rule is very smart at putting a spotlight on a local kid. Yeah, yeah. Putting a spotlight on on a local kid that then he can go, look, this is your guy. This is, He immediately has a fallback plan if Jeff Sims isn't the guy. Mm-hmm. If Jeff Sims is like, it ends up being a dud, which I don't think he will no, be, no. if he be, is a dud, Immediately, he's got a fallback guy and says, look, we've got this local dude. And and it just it's good press is what it is. I agree. I I don't think that Harburg is a bad athlete. I just think that maybe Matt Rule is juicing him up a little bit to to the crowd because he understands this Husker fan base. I I completely agree with that. Maybe it's different, but maybe it's along the lines of, you know, what he did to keep Malachi Coleman here. Malachi, not not a quarterback. He could play receiver defensive end. I mean, that's the kind of athlete they're working (laughs) with uh, with Malachi Coleman, but he's a Lincoln kid. I think uh, they're trying to do that as well with Carter Nelson, who's the uh, the, uh, Ainsworth tight end defensive end. I think that's getting a bunch of run from... Nick Saban from mm-hmm. Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban was watching eight-man football. He was talking about watching eight-man football highlights for one of the first <laughs> times he can remember doing that. So that's Carter Nelson from Ainsworth that I think uh, Matt Rule is obviously going to try to get here as well. But, yeah, it's it's interesting there with uh, with the quarterbacks. Does this mean uh, the job is Jeff Sims? So we were just talking about that. No, I, who knows at this point with Casey and Logan and uh, uh, the other one, Richard Torres. At the very least, it's his to lose. Yes, it, it is. There is no longer it, there is no longer someone that we can compare tape to tape with. You know, with Casey Thompson getting out and Logan Smothers. I I, I keep forgetting to include him in people mm-hmm. who have played. We can't compare tape to tape no. because the only other guy is a guy that Matt Rule is hyping up that we haven't seen on the field. So. Yeah. Chubba Purdy's another quarterback still at Nebraska, too. Has, oh, he's uh, yet still to here? Transfer. Yes, he is still here. Wow. So. <laughs> Listen, Chubba. I respect the hell out of that. He, yeah. he was a he, he was a Mark Whipple guy. Now, yeah. Whipple was the one that got him to come here. Right. And then, uh, yeah, he obviously he was left a, within a year. He was a Florida State yes. guy. Yep. And I I remember talking about Chubba Purdy uh, going to Florida State when I when I was on the air in Florida <laughs> and looking at his tapes and being like, man, this is this kid's an athlete, that kind of thing. And and then uh, Mike Norvell came in, put him in a couple times, and was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. It was it, freshman quarterback didn't yep. look great uh, in the ACC. Well, and of course, when Chubba came in. A f- few times few series uh, last year it didn't work out well either i think he uh, he had a, a couple turnovers didn't didn't really have a a great first year with nebraska uh, played in six games and then actually did have two starts there uh, filling in for casey thompson That's so right. Uh, that is uh, Chubba Purdy still on the roster, but we'll Wouldn't just see. Wouldn't it be wild if Chubba Purdy ends up starting over Jeff Sims, over like uh, of the guys that we're talking about? It would be absolutely wild would be. to see Chubba Purdy in there. I could be very wrong with how I'm labeling Chubba Purdy and his quarterback style, but to me, he seems more of a pro-style quarterback, one that does it with his arm. I don't want to say he can't do it with his legs, but sure. we haven't seen that. I mean, he just doesn't run. I think in a Matt Rule offense, you want a quarterback that can do both, uh, that can throw the football and uh, can also run the football. Matt Rule says of Jeff Sims, the uh, what we think could be the the starting quarterback. Uh, he says he's a. We talked about this on the pod uh, a couple weeks, or was it last week, or maybe the, the one that we did, uh, <laughs> whenever it was. But yeah. he said he's a quarterback. Or he's a runner that can throw. So or No, he's a thrower that can run. So he's yes. throw first, and then he's also a runner. So that's what you want in a quarterback, uh, a, a, cor- a thrower that can run. And uh, Chubba is not that. Jeff Sims is that. Mm-hmm. could argue Harburg is probably that. Uh, but we'll see. See how it works out. Let's move on with our podcast. Let's go to... Uh, <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. Like, what I don't know. an incredible segue. All right, we need to we need to figure out transitions on this podcast, Austin. Add, that's, add that to the to do list. That's pretty important. Uh, we just want to go through another uh, one of our segments here. We're going to go around the world of sports and get to some topics that uh, happened in this last week around the sports world. And it's not going to be, of course, we'll touch on it if it's necessary and if we need to. But it's not going to be about the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs, which everybody I'm sure is watching. It have been a lot of fun uh, recently. But just some stories that definitely have made the news. You definitely have probably seen. Uh, but we're going to discuss a little bit about it. The first one, Austin, that I want to talk about is uh, this whole thing with the Alabama baseball coach getting fired. 
It's an amazing story. It's Brad <laughs> Bohannon, uh, the head baseball coach for Alabama, uh, did something that you're really not supposed to do in, in baseball. I thought this was, or as a coach, if not just baseball, if you're a, any kind of coach, if you're any kind of athlete in a sport, especially a college or a pro sport that there's gambling involved, uh, this coach, Brad Bohannon, did something pretty, pretty dumb. I uh, thought maybe we would ask uh, Tyler M. Webb on TikTok, who did a really good explanation of this entire thing. Uh, we thought we'd let him explain this a little bit here. This coach just got fired for committing one of the dumbest crimes of all time. Last Friday, the University of Alabama headed to Baton Rouge to play the consensus number one team in the country, LSU. Now, Friday nights for college baseball are usually when you throw your best pitcher, but at the last minute, the pitcher scheduled to go for Alabama was scratched from the lineup due to back tightness. That's when Alabama's coach, Brad Bohannon, decided to go with a sophomore who hadn't pitched in a game since March 16th instead. Now, the Crimson Tide would trail for most of the game 8-1. to After their new starting pitcher gave up four runs in just three innings off of three hits, two of which were home runs. But Alabama did manage to rally for four runs in the top of the ninth to make the final score a respectable 8-6. to six. But after the game, it wasn't a near ninth inning comeback that made the news. Instead, it was the fact that during the game, sportsbooks across the country had shut down betting on any Alabama college baseball game. This was triggered after a suspicious wager was placed on Friday's game, which included a parlay and a straight-up money line bet on favorite LSU to win. Now, this bet was suspicious for a couple of reasons. First is the fact that pretty much no one bets on college baseball, especially not the significant amount that was reported to have been bet on this game. In fact, ESPN reports that fans FanDuel didn't take a single bet on Friday night's game, which means any bet of any amount would have been extremely noticeable. And so, when an Ohio sportsbook had a guy walk in and place two bets on Alabama to lose, they immediately contacted gambling authorities and shut down betting on Alabama baseball across the state, which resulted in other state sportsbooks doing the same thing. And upon review of security footage and phone records, it was revealed that the man placing the bet had been making calls to Baton Rouge, and that the Alabama coach Brad Bohannon had been making calls to Cincinnati. Now, it's unclear if Bohannon was actually trying to rig the game in his favor, or if he just tried to make some money off of the inside information that his star pitcher wouldn't be playing. But regardless, this man was dumb enough to be the only guy in the country to bet on his game. And his bet almost didn't even win. And his bet didn't uh, almost didn't even win. Yeah, they it was 8-6. to six. So I think, anyway. That's, I'm trying that, to look up how much money he actually put on his team to lose. And it's... it's now, yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm curious about is, uh, of course, there's still probably going to be... I don't know if there's criminal uh, charges that are going to be put on this, or if this is like a civil case. Like, are we going to find more information about this in the court of law, or is there going to be some news story or some campus uh, at University of Alabama investigation? Like, whatever comes from this. Because I don't even know if it's for sure that it was... Him. I think all signs point that way that it was Brad Bohannon, but I mean, there still has to be some confessions and uh, some of that to it. Either way, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty funny story. If I you mean, think at, about at it. the end of the day, I think that because they have parted ways, I think this is the punishment. Yeah. I think that that Alabama well, has done their part and said, "All right, cool, we figured it out. Get out." It's it it sounds really obvious, doesn't it? Just don't bet on baseball games, especially if you are uh, the coach of that baseball game. You know about it, and uh, I right, what the Tyler M. Webb there said right at the end when you know he's talking about um, you know the, did the coach just think that did the coach just think that this was uh, you know giving inside information into a pitcher that was out of the game. So, I mean, I you mean, know. I, the, the thing that blows my mind is that there's a guy in Major League Baseball who will not get into the Hall of Fame because of the fact yeah. that Pete he Rose. gambled. Yep. And, so, and now it's like now that gambling has become much more widespread, it's funny that still the game that doesn't get bet on is college baseball. Nobody cares enough, yeah. and I really want to know how much money so. he got put on this to raise red flags. Because it's clearly not like ten dollars. It was. Yeah. It had to be in the thousands of dollars area. And he like, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Bohannon knew he was on the way out soon enough, and he was just trying to cash in, baby, <laughs> to get a couple more dollars uh-huh. along with the severance coming. <laughs> But they don't see, like, you know, it's interesting because you don't see, okay, you get UC Irvine and UCLA playing, right? Whatever it is, UCLA minus 120. Mm -hmm. And then these sports books see, well, nobody's putting any money on that. Or they'll see, like, oh, they'll see Nebraska and Minnesota. No no money put on that. Then they'll go to Alabama and LSU, and then all of a sudden they'll see millions of dollars uh, put on this game. (laughs) Of of course, it's going to raise some red flags. So Mm -hmm. the, the thing with this, to me, is, like, 
how dumb can you be? Like, I, I just, I don't get it. This is There's a, crazy a lot that I really don't, dumb. I really don't understand how, how you could get to that point as, as a coach and, or how you could do that and then think you can get away with it. It's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's wild. And, and the other thing is that, like, the thing that is interesting about gambling in general is that it is not illegal to bet on your own team or against right. your team. It's not illegal. You can't do that. But it's very unethical, and people really, like, like it's different when it's an NBA official that's, yeah. like, skewing the game or anything like that. Um, but I guess this could be an instant of him trying to skew yeah. the game in his favor, and yeah. that would be illegal. I don't know. It's, I, it's stupid. It is. At the end of the day, it's all kinds of dumb. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's reminiscent to, obviously, the, the NFL players who uh, there were a few of them, I know, for the Detroit Lions. Uh, one, one Jamison Williams, I think, a, a wide receiver who got uh, punished there for doing some gambling, and it wasn't even on the sport that he plays, the NFL. I think yeah. they were they were gambling something else, and uh, but uh, it was Hell, it Calvin was on the property. Ridley, Calvin Ridley didn't even wasn't even playing. Yeah. He was injured, yeah. and they suspended him yeah. for that. There are rules that leagues can have that they can suspend, and it's technically illegal to to gamble at all, uh, it, depending on the the terms of your league that you're in. But uh, you know, in in a in a whole, no gambling is not illegal for any of these guys. You just got to be smart about it, yeah. and, and you can't do it in uh, in ways that can hurt your team or uh, diminish the integrity of your sport. You know, uh, I illegally gambled once. Really? Uh, yes, I did. It was at the bowling alley in Holdridge, Nebraska. <laughs> I worked. As a, this was the summer between my senior after I had graduated and before I went to college, and little did I know that employees of the bowling alley are not allowed to buy pickle tickets, the pull tabs. You know, I had no idea. I put ten bucks into the thing, lost all ten dollars, and then someone came up to me and was like, "Austin, you you can't do that. You you have an unfair advantage because you know when like yeah. it's due." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. what is?" Garbage? Why not? Come on! Let me in there! So that was your illegal gambling story. That was my story. illegal gambling. I, I, didn't, I haven't gambled illegally much, but there is that time. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought when you were telling that story, I thought you were going to go, and then I turned over one pickle card, and it was like $500. I, because I wish. I wish. I, I would have quit that job and just been like, all right, cool, I'll take my $500. So you weren't smart by illegally gambling, and then you really weren't smart by not <laughs> yeah. rigging it in your favor. Exactly. While you were illegally gambling, come on, gambling. <laughs> Jeez, you're better than that. We're better than that. No, that's right. Anyway, so yeah, that's the Alabama uh, baseball coach getting fired. Brad Bohannon uh, there for um, allegedly placing illegal wagers on his team or against his team. Regardless, uh, his team was in the mix in some way and uh, got canned for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is that. Austin, I also want to talk about this story uh, that we uh, – well, first, you know, you uh, – I, this I love the connection with you and Orlando because we're going to mention this Orlando Dreamers baseball team thing, and uh, I just love it. You, you were talking to me about that. The Orlando Dreamers, uh, not a real baseball team, no, right? Not a real baseball team. Just a uh, – essentially what they're trying to do. They're trying to dream they're, a little bit yep. here. They're a dream. They're a dream. They're they're uh, a far off look at a at a wonderful place that would be baseball in Orlando because you know baseball is does so well in Florida. Are they, are they really are they really scratching uh. at the bit there to get a get a baseball team? I mean, is Walt Disney out there just uh, <laughs> just clamoring for a baseball team? Here's the story. We'll get into it a little yeah. bit. So the Orlando Dreamers, this is uh, Dreamers in quotations. Uh, they are planning to spend a bunch of money, 1.7 billion dollars. Uh, to build an MLB stadium in Orlando. And they even have a website discussing a plan to bring a team to Orlando called the OrlandoDreamers.com. In a world today where, you know, shifting pro sports locations happens a lot. The Oakland A's are in that process right now, moving from Oakland to Las Vegas. Uh, it's there. You know, Oakland's had a few teams move away, the Raiders and then the Warriors. Warriors were in Oakland, moved to San Francisco. The Raiders uh, were in Oakland, moved to Las Vegas as well. Uh, you get this and you know, with the St. Louis Rams and the Los Angeles. Rams. It happens all the time, and uh, you know you. But you get some cities that are trying to push for it a little bit. Some cities are more obvious than others. Orlando is not a city that I would think about as a baseball city, but you know you get websites, you get interaction with fans and communities, kind of all around creating a website like this makes me think that Orlando's opportunity for this is 
pretty legit, uh, especially if they could get the baseball stadium built. But uh, I, I'm not saying this is going to be the case for Orlando, but I do like uh, this idea of uh, cities kind of being more upfront, putting themselves out there a little bit more. And, uh, you know, because I think we're just seeing pro sports cities move or pro, pro sports teams move all the time and so uh i don't know i'd love to see omaha do something like this put a put an omaha uh website up get get a get a pro sport i don't know which one it would be uh but uh come on get one there so i i love the idea of having a pro sports team in omaha but the thing is is i don't think an nfl team works there i don't think a major league baseball team works there i the, because kansas city is so ingrained yeah, in, yeah. in the culture of the midwest when it comes to omaha in that area i think that if Omaha were to get a pro sports team, the best one would either be NHL or MLS. I think that Omaha would be a great hockey town. A hockey think, team would slap. No yeah, pun intended. Oh, no pun well intended. Done. It would slap. It'd be so cool. <laughs> it really would. I would be. I'd be a season ticket holder to an Omaha hockey I think team. I would. So. I, I mean, I don't know how the Omaha has a pro hockey team. It's a minor league team. Uh, the Omaha Lancers. Yeah. And I don't sure. Know, sure, like whatever. <laughs> the the re- I think the biggest reason why I think Omaha would be a great NHL town yeah. is because when it comes to hockey in Nebraska, I almost said Lincoln. When it comes to hockey in Nebraska, the Tri City Storm mm-hmm. are people love going to Tri City Storm games. The Lincoln Stars have a ravenous fan base. The Omaha Lancers have a, a very good fan base as well. They travel well. Husker fans travel to Lincoln all the time. I can imagine people would make weekends and day trips to Omaha to see some hockey. And yeah. UNO has a has or had. I I haven't been. I haven't caught up on my UNO yeah. hockey, the Maverick hockey team. They're still going. I don't know. They weren't one of the sports that Trev canned. If that's what that's you're asking. That's kind of. So, uh, yeah, I no. couldn't remember. I they knew were, he got rid of wrestling, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember if hockey because they because they they've brought, made it to the Frozen Four before. Yeah, and they brought on a. Re- I should look up the coach's name. He was a legendary coach that they ended up hiring. But uh, go ahead. Continue but so so the fact that there is kind of this precedent in Nebraska that. Nebraskans support hockey makes me think that that a an NHL team would work in Omaha. I just I pray that if it were to ever happen that they would come up with a better name than the Forkin 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 Dreamers. The Orlando <laughs> yeah. Dreamers? Listen. The guy who's who's trying to do the Orlando Dreamers thing, his name is Pat Williams. He's the same guy that brought the Orlando Magic or got the NBA to expand to Orlando with the Orlando Magic. I think the Orlando Magic is a great team name. And I maybe it's just because I think it's unique and it's different. And it, well, it's and unique it's, to Orlando. I mean, it's yeah. like, when I think of Orlando, I'm thinking of Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. So Magic, Dreamers. Magic Kingdom. Uh, like, the thing about... Knights. <laughs> UCF, right? UCF. But the, that doesn't make any sense the anyway. The thing yeah. about Dreamers is that it sounds like... They are a team that will never win because they're dreaming of success. They never actually get success. They dream of success. And I, there are so many teams that I think of when I'm like, gosh, that's such a terrible name. Uh, Orlando Dreamers, Dreamers. is terrible first and foremost first Orlando we don't even know if that's their name. This might just be the whole like title of their uh... this the Pat Williams who. Put this out there okay. three years ago. Yeah, wants them to be named that's, the Orlando. Okay, Dreamers. that's terrible. That's terrible. I, I hope. Yeah, I hope this. Uh, this is other, just the name. Other people want it to be. Other people want the Tampa Bay Rays to move to Orlando, and they yep. would just become the Orlando Rays. Mm-hmm. Seems better, more reasonable. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But uh, I, I love thinking of team names that are just dog crap. Like, why the Browns? <laughs> the Cleveland Browns is the dumbest name. That's worse than the Washington football team, okay? Like, when it's just a generic name that's better than your actual team name, garbage. Hate it. Can't stand it. I'll, I'll stand with the... I, I actually like the Washington football team more than I like the Washington Commanders. I, I think the Washington Commanders are so bad. The, the Commanders... Uh-huh. I don't know why. It's just the commanders doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Mm-hmm. They were better being like Washington F- FT. 
uh, right? WFT. <laughs> I mean, like, like uh, you know, you get FC Barcelona. What's it stand for? Like field club or something? Uh, whatever it is. Football club. Football. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Football. So yeah, all right. You get WFT, Washington Football Team, Washington. I, I FT. like that. It's I, it's fine. I thought it was better than than the Washington Commanders. So yeah. I was hoping that they would change that name. The Browns. I got nothing for you there. That's obviously been around since the '40s, right? Or whenever yeah. the Browns became a thing. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know how they got that that nickname. So. I don't know either. Uh, I also there most of the team names in the XFL. Oh, here, here's why they got the Brown. Their their uh, their first coach and the team's namesake, Paul Brown. Paul Brown founded the Cleveland Browns, so they named them the Cleveland Paul Browns. Took out Paul and then just went with the Cleveland Browns. I'd rather so, they were yeah. the Paul Browns. I would rather they were just the Pauls. Yeah, yeah. The, the Pauls, <laughs> the Cleveland Pauls, the Cleveland Pauls. Uh, I also. All of the XFL team names. Um, I like the Vipers. I think that's. I think that was an XFL team name. Uh, but I don't like the Brahma Bulls because that's the, yeah. that's just Dwayne the Rock Johnson being like, I got to put my nickname in this thing. Uh, the Battlehawks is good. I do like the St. Louis Battlehawks. That's a great team name. Then there's the Sea Dragons. Yeah, the Seattle Sea Dragons. Hate that. Can't stand it. Um, Which is too bad because Seattle has a lot of sea-based names like Seattle Kraken, mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks. I think those are good names, but for some reason Sea Dragon sounds stupid to me. Any dragon stuff. Like you're I'm out on a, the dragon stuff. I'm a D&D nerd, but the moment you call your football team a dragon, I'm out. Okay? <laughs> I am done. No thanks. Uh, Orlando Guardians, Houston Roughnecks. Like that one, the Roughnecks. Roughnecks is okay. It's unique. Yeah. It's 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 unique. It's not terrible. At least it's not another tiger or yeah. another wild cat. You'd love the Live Golf team names. Have you ever seen some of those huh. Live Golf team names? Well, Live Golf, the breakaway from the PGA Tour. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, their Saudi whole money. <laughs> yep, yep. Their whole thing is yeah, Saudi Arabian money, uh, paying golfers billions of dollars, not billions, but millions uh, more than they probably would have on the on the PGA Tour to come play for them. Well, they, they then group them all into four player teams, and they each team has a name. So you get you get the Ironheads, uh, you get uh, the Majestics, <gasps> the Majestics, Majestics. You have the Niblicks. What is that sounds like a slur. What? The Niblicks. <laughs> Niblicks? Uh, what is that in reference to? I don't know. It must be some kind of, these must be Europeans. Like, <laughs> the Europeans are, are the Niblicks. You have the High Flyers, which is Phil Mickelson's team. The, the High Flyers, uh, the Fireballs, the Crushers, the Cliques, uh, Torque, Smash, and Stinger. So those are all the team Wild. names. Yeah, those, so, those sound like uh, American Gladiators like, like names. They don't sound yeah. like team names. Or if you Google, <laughs> um, or yeah, Google, ask AI, whatever you want to do. <laughs> funny team names. <laughs> like, and then this is would be this Chad would be your GPT, result. Yeah. What should I name my? What are my the golf weirdest team? golf team names? Uh, then it'll send back the Niblicks, the Majestics, the with the uh, with like the stick, the S in sticks capitalized to you know sticks, Majestics, sure, yeah, Iron oh, Heads, wait, High it's Flyers, spelled S T I C K S, yeah, Majestics, yeah, not yeah. not S T I C S, so it's M A J E S T I C K S. I hate this. <laughs> this, is, this is stupid. Some dumb That's dumb team names out there. This is for golf, and then there's many others, obviously, as you mentioned in the in the world of pro sports. So, Goodness gracious! I to wrap up this little segment here. I I do hope I I would like to see Orlando get a baseball team. It'd be interesting. I I'm I'm always for uh you know, and it would have to work out to where a team couldn't host a current MLB team anymore, then move on, or they could. Have an expansion draft, expansion team. I think we're a ways away from yeah. something like that. But if if the situation does arise, I'd, I'd be for it. Just wouldn't be for wouldn't be for the dreamers, right? Or <laughs> yeah. we're not on we're not on board with that. Yeah, I think that or I think Orlando could work as a as a baseball town. I think it'll work better than Tampa. And the reason why is because where Tampa's stadium is is just bad. It, traffic is awful getting to it. At least in Orlando, while traffic is never going to be great, but at least if they were to build something in downtown that would really add some pop and some flavor to uh, to Orlando, or if they put it over more towards the Disney area, that immediately becomes a great tourist spot. And, I mean, it could make money. 
I do have the uh, number one, according to BleacherReport.com, the number one worst team name in sports. Okay. Okay. Let me think about it. And this is not, this is pro college. Oh, it actually gives a community college as the worst team name in sports. I can give it to you. Okay. The Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. The fighting, fighting artichokes. artichokes is their name. That's according to causing Report, heartburn across America, brother. What? <laughs> Kids throwing your team out in the garbage, just like they throw the guard or the artichokes out. They'll they'll throw that team name out just like that. So the, you you Not avoid good. the fighting artichokes just yeah. like you avoid the artichokes in an artichoke spin dip. You you really are just there for the spinach yeah. dip, and then they threw artichokes in. Why'd they do that? It's garbage. (laughs) Our last segment, Austin, uh, we're going to do what we call For You TikTok. Uh, Is that what we're calling it? I don't know. Uh, For You Finds? For You Finds. I'll get the segment done soon (laughs) enough. For You Finds. Uh, We're both users of the TikTok site. That's right. The Chinese government has all my information, brother. It tracks me. So good, it knows what I want to see. Uh, so uh, I uh, we're gonna we're calling you this the four you finds different things that we're finding on our on our TikTok pages. So uh, how about you go first? Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're finding here on TikTok, sure and thing. Uh, you're gonna annoy me with one of them. I, I know. know Let's start with that one. I've got two sounds that have been all over my for you page, and I <laughs> I am yeah, uh, it's guilty. Of me to say, I have found both of these songs on Spotify, and they are now into my rotation. Let's get the fish song going, brother. If I were a fish, and you me, you'd say, look at that fish. Shimmering in the sun. Oh, we're going to sing, too. Okay. The thing is, is that... This trend doesn't even have like anything to it other than people singing the song. Why are they, Parker? I don't know. <laughs> I'm turning this off. It's catchy. It is. Catchy. It's catchy, and that's what that's what gets it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, catchy is trendy. And uh, that's going to get your video viral. So, uh, but it's good stuff. I mean, I I who am is this guy. I've seen this. Uh, she's she seem is she a t- music teacher? I think she is a music teacher. Let me pull uh, let me pull up the song on on Spotify so that way I can uh, uh, actually tell you exactly. And basically, she were a fish. She wrote a song like this is uh, this would be like if she was around fifty years ago and put this song like this would be a a song that gets played on the radio. You know what I mean? Like like she literally. Just just wrote a very popular song. I've I've seen other videos of like classrooms, like school musicals, you know, second, third graders singing the song for like their school musical and, and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty, it's like almost half impressive that, you know, you could just come up with a catchy song like that and it just get, takes off. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So, so Corinne Savage is the gal who, who wrote and released the song. Korook is her uh, name on Spotify. And basically she, the, the, Video that went viral is her singing with her girlfriend or wife or whatever, and for that reason, it has blown up, and and people are uh, loving it because it's a song of acceptance and all that sort of stuff. Loving who you are, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if you if you can put more positivity in the world, I, I'm glad that something positive went viral yeah. rather than something. I'll negative. give you that. The message is awesome. The song is in my head, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> you want to talk about a trend that is negative, though? Let's talk yeah. about your for you. Find. Well, uh, my I don't know if it's negative. You're what right. do you mean it's it, negative? It's not negative. You view it negative. I don't even. I don't have any audio for this, so I'm just gonna okay. have to explain it. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a trend going on out there called uh, the Lorax dance. <laughs> Uh, have you ever seen the movie The Lorax? It love, came out a while ago. Love The Lorax, man. Great movie. Starring Taylor Swift. Oh. Taylor Swift is in that movie. You are you are right. She plays Audrey in she that does. movie. Danny DeVito plays The Lorax. Wow, okay. I need to, <laughs> I need to check this out now. Uh, Betty White's in the movie, too. She plays uh, Grandma Norma. Anyway, Star-studded cast. Yeah. Ed Helms, uh, Chris Renault, Zac mm-hmm. Efron. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the Lorax uh, movie that came out in 2012, there's a popular scene in the movie. I, I haven't seen it, but there's a popular scene in the movie where 
I don't the the whole town is dancing and celebrating. Do you know what scene that there, is? So I so basically the story of it is is that this town is surrounded by a wall and and they just stay in this one spot because beyond the wall there's no nature, there's no trees, there's nothing and there there are also no trees in the inside the city. It is all fabricated it's all plastic it's all that sort of stuff and so the this scene that is being described is everyone tearing down the wall and going out and planting trees and and it's all it's all beautiful about nature and all that sort of sure so uh geez i didn't even read the I don't even remember reading the book, The Lorax. That's a Dr. Seuss, right? It is a Dr. Seuss book. Lorax. I don't remember reading the book, but I, I do remember the, the movie. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Guess I should have read more Dr. Seuss as a kid. Um, so, yeah, they would, uh, they're just like dancing. They're celebrating. They're uh, enjoying uh, their time in this city, whatever this is, community, town, or whatever. Anyway, so the trend is there's like a little girl dancing on this, and She's like shaking her booty a little bit, and so the TikTok trend like whole is to body wave. yeah. Well, not, not no. It's just the just the lower half, just, just right? The just lower the lower half. half. So the trend is to have you know uh, just do what she does in that dance, right? So it started with that, and then there's other characters doing it. Like there's an old guy in a mustache and glasses doing like this little uh, whatever you call it with your hands when you when you the hustle, yeah. When you move them around uh-huh. in, in a circle, whatever, and he's just like you know also just getting down to it. Then it's like here's my audition for the for the guy in a suit or whatever so it's just people <laughs> patching all these different things and trying to do a live action thing of the lorax and that's all i'm seeing on tiktok now that's and it. it's it's infuriating it's infuriating because <laughs> because listen you have you want some sports stuff you want some golf oh i want, get it you, you get, get it, it but you do you don't want the, the <laughs> this weird random dancing in oh. here i thought i got rid of that <laughs> and it's the song too. Like I, I, I can't even. I don't even know the words to the song that they sing in that. But it's just, uh, yeah. It's, you hear it enough times, and then it gets to you, uh-huh. Austin. I don't know how. I don't know how to describe it. You just hear it enough, and then you just want to. You want to punch something. Well, you know, so. you could replace it with "If I Were Fishing, <laughs> Caught Me." <laughs> They'd say, "Look at that fish." If, if I, I were fishing, caught me. You'd say, "Look at that fish." You know the words to the entire song? I don't know the words to the whole song, song. but at least that part. (laughs) Why are people on the internet so mean? Um, The next clip that I have, though, is what... So, the thing about this clip is that it's on my For You page, but it's only be... It's not like a whole bunch of people are jumping on this song or anything like that. It's just the artist really wants this to go viral and it hasn't yet. (laughs) But so I keep seeing her post this song and I have fallen in love with the song. Okay. And I think TikTok is going to think that I am a, uh, (laughs) a basic white girl. Uh, I I think TikTok thinks I am uh, a 25 year old white girl. Mm. Um, who may have lesbian tendencies based on my For You page, but this song is a freaking hit, man. You dancing over there, just getting it. So that, <laughs> why, you should just be their backup dancer, backup singer. Wow. I love this song. Pretty nervous. Is that the song called? Pretty, Pretty nervous. nervous is the is the title of the song. It's <laughs> by. It's it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I don't. I I can't explain it. But like, it just gets my shoulders moving, and it just has those little things that itch my brain. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I well, love this song. I'll give that person credit. Uh, you could have played that. I've never heard that song before. I've never seen it on TikTok, even though we're both TikTok users. It's funny that we both just were on total different, like, we are sometimes ends of, the, ends, ends of this TikTok universe. <laughs> uh, but you could have played that for me, and I would have guessed, oh, that's a 
current top 40 hit i i would have no idea mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's pretty good yeah it's uh it's it's under the radar but i think it's a i think it's a bop for the summer man yeah. let me tell you Just trying to get it going huh yeah. isn't that how olivia rodrigo got didn't she start with tiktok you know the uh the what's the uh, 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 driver's license. driver's license song, yes. and then uh, was that a TikTok song? First? It was a it was a TikTok. People, it wasn't originally like this was made for TikTok. Yeah. It was people used it to make videos, and it, and that's how it blew up. And and so there are a lot of people who are now just putting their music out on TikTok and hoping that it goes viral to then go. The I th- I think I'm gonna be honest. I think the last. Like, 10 to 15 songs that I've added to my Spotify have all been viral TikTok <laughs> songs. Like, uh, Who's Laughing Now by Dury was one that went viral. Uh, there's uh, Nick D. Have you heard of Nick D? The, the pine, uh, uh, oh, goodness. He's got like three songs that went viral on TikTok. I'll have to play them for you sometime. But like, I, I seriously. I just keep finding these little hits, and I love them. I love them to death. They're just they just scratch my brain in the right way. Oh, you're uh, I'm in deep. You've got an interesting uh, playlist there of songs too that I don't know if <laughs> you, I'd want a road trip with you or anything. If you, you know what's you even songs. more wild, my my Spotify like I don't have playlists. I have liked songs. Mm-hmm. That's it. I've got over a thousand liked songs, and I hit random. And I just go with yep. the flow. Whatever Spotify serves me, it's a mix of uh, Broadway musicals, 2000s country, pop punk, <clears throat> TikTok songs, folk music, uh, indie folk, lots Amazing. of lots of indie folk. Wow. Like wow. My, my, when people say so, that they love all different ki- types of music, I fall into that category. So from... Alexander Hamilton to yep, Keith a, Urban yep. to uh, you have to, you're you're two I'm, for I'm two. Them. <laughs> two. I don't even know any indie folk. Give Good. me the best indie folk band out there. Good Morning Bedlam. Okay, one hundred percent. They are the best. There's listen, their plug. listen to the song "The Haunting," and it will change your world. There's their plug right here yeah. on the <laughs> Size in the Stash podcast. Uh, that's a podcast for today, Austin. It sure is. If I've ever heard a podcast, that's one of them. So uh, we're going to talk a little next week. Uh, we'll get back into some Husker Roundup stuff. Uh, we'll get more into some, uh, I, I like that little TikTok segment. We might might uh, might try something else there in the future with it. But uh, we'll be back next week for another one of these.